It's almost time to renew the whole New Year new meeting. Every New Year's Eve, people set out to better themselves through New Year resolutions to get healthier habits. Are you one of them? Have you made your New Year resolutions yet? Or has the pandemic killed all your dreams too? New Year resolutions are results of our internal battles, according to British philosopher Alain de Botton. At the dawn of a new year, we promise to be kinder, exercise more, and pass more time with friends and family. Precisely because we know there's a side of us which can angrily snap at people, would rather spend time lazing around watching Netflix or omit calling mom forever. In that sense, resolutions are our better sides poking us, trying to kick us into shape. In that case, these better halves are rather predictable. I am not a fan of resolutions, but having heard them in all New Year events I attend, it seems to me that they are rather repetitive and trivial. Lose weight, exercise more, eat healthier, quit smoking. Your list pretty much covers them. It seems that for the older people, Generation X and up, it's more about health, diet and exercise. And for Generation Y and the millennials, it is more about money and travel. Yes, health is less of an issue when you are young. I had hoped things might be different this year, so I compared last year's resolutions to this year's in a site called Statistica. It's an American site, of course, but should give us some indication. Top resolutions for 2020, meaning those made before the outbreak of COVID-19, were managing finances better, eating healthier, losing weight, and being more active. Here we go. And let me guess, pandemic changed nothing this year. Right. For 2021, top wishes were also to exercise more, eat healthier, and manage finances better. Two new things crept on the list, though. Spend less time on social media, possibly the effect of over-zooming, and spend more time with family and friends. <laughs> if the pandemic continues, the only way we can spend more time with families and friends is by using social media. Unless... You live with them. And yeah, in that case, spending more time with the families wouldn't be on the wish list, I guess. After all these months of being imprisoned for 24 hours a day in the same cell together. <laughs> you just nailed the family dilemma. I have not seen my mother for six months during the first wave of the pandemic. And I missed her like crazy. I was literally crying while talking to her on the phone. But I guess we would have both gone raving mad if we had spent six months locked together, chained to each other. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> but back to the resolutions. I came across this article on the average lifespan of a New Year resolution. It says that most resolutions live until January 12th. So is the New Year resolution only a to-do list for the first two weeks of January? Even shorter. This sits well with my firm belief that it is actually much more fun to ponder upon the resolutions, declare and discuss them at the New Year's table, preferably while half drunk, than actually to keep them. Yes, but scientists say that people's New Year resolutions are more likely to succeed actually 10 times as much as resolutions made at other times. Why do you think the success rate is higher when you make your resolutions in the new year rather than any other time? Well, our all-wise Mr. De Botton would say that it might be because once people publicly declare their resolutions, they're less likely to backpedal from it publicly. <laughs> yeah, there might be that guilt and shame or in a positive light, 
Your friends who know about your resolution keep encouraging you. That's why I always share all my decisions with everybody around me. The other reason is that the New Year culture creates a pocket of reflection, a time to think. So the people who make a New Year resolution are better prepared for it, both mentally and, and on the ground. Of course, these experiments are more about the people who actually have reflected on the resolution and prepared for it, rather than those who repeated their usual resolutions of the year at midnight, just as you do. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have no resolutions that you have kept. <laughs> Well, some, which are immediate and things I would do anyway. Until January 12th. <laughs> exactly. Like writing that article which is already researched or schedule a dinner with friends I have not seen in a while. But on longer term goals, even the basic ones such as drinking more water or walking more I cannot keep. At least not all year around. I'm a serial resolutionist. I make the same ones every year and fail at them because they're half-hearted wishes rather than concrete plans. But this year is different. You talked about the pocket of reflection that is necessary for lasting resolutions. And I think that is what the COVID-19 lockdowns provided for us in April. Yes, that's when we had our long discussions on what this new situation would change from our consumption habits to our relationship with nature. For us, for people around us, for society at large, for the whole world. For me, our self-isolation in April and May was a wake-up call. The time I spent at home made me realize two things. How much I had more than I needed and how wasteful I was. We were. Not just in terms of throwing away wilted salad or replacing something rather than mending it, but in terms of the environment. In the last three years, I thought nothing of getting on a plane and taking a long weekend without once thinking of my carbon footprint. I only realized that my quick flights were not so innocent when the fog from my balcony cleared as the flight stopped. You know, I was less shaken with this side of the pandemic because, as you know, I made some life changes already five, six years ago, moving to the seaside town of Cheshme and living in nature. So COVID didn't change much for me in that sense, except the irritating and scary medical waste, literally medical waste. I mean the masks and the plastic clothes the holidaymakers left all around the town in summer. This horrified me and you remember I wanted to move even to a more remote area such as the top of a mountain. I don't know how further you can get away. <laughs> but yes, you are the only one of my close friends who made that radical change. I mean really made it rather than did it to some extent or just pretended to make it. Many talked about it and more are talking about it after the pandemic. But my guess is zero to one will actually do it full time. <laughs> I know this is the dream of many professionals who are caught in the rat race in the cities. But of course, it's not easy to detach yourself from all worldly concerns, especially if you have a family to look after. For me, it was only a choice between continuing to be a part of the masses, as usually expected from us, and a journey of self-discovery. Indeed, even if you have the luxury to choose like me, you also need to be able to change your mindset and be able to acquire the knowledge that I've got enough. In fact, everything is already abundant where you are at that moment. But of course, if you can see it that way. It is a difficult change, given how deeply rooted some of our habits are. Especially when you are living in a society that is very image conscious and social media feeds our status anxiety. I reaffirm my belief that many who resolve to make those changes in the early stages of the pandemic will not be able to do it. Just see how we all promise to be kinder to each other and to nature during the pandemic, 
but few actually were. This is because their view of the world didn't change. You remember the rush of people to supermarkets in the early days of the pandemic and even today before every lockdown. People are living with the feeling of scarcity, competition and with the fear of lagging behind. Yes, rather than minimizing what we consume, we have started to use more plastic, more disposable towels and more chemicals than we have ever used. This was due to the pandemic, but I do not think everyone will quickly turn to recycling once the virus is no longer a risk. Well, some will go on using plastic because they will need to financially. Poor people will inevitably go for cheaper things, whether it is in the plastic or in other toxic materials. Despite the good intentions aired during the pandemic, governments have done little to correct the policies of inequality and poverty reduction. Sure. If anything, the inequality became more pronounced. But I'm talking of others who can financially afford to be more eco-friendly in their consumer habits. But they will go on with their buying sprees for high-tech and long-stilted desire for travel. And they can afford to. In fact, I would not be surprised if they are making resolutions for a new Apple TV or a trip around the world in a private jet right now. But enough of that. Do you have any resolutions this year? Hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't have any. I don't mean that I'm perfect, but I realize we are creatures of habits following the same routines over and over. We don't like to step out of our comfort zones. I thought, what if everything were included in my comfort zone? There's a Buddhist saying which states, if you are facing in the right direction, all you need to do is to keep walking. Eventually, I feel comfortable with my direction. Which is... Well, this whole process showed us all once more, we can never know what the future will bring, but being open to change instead of feeling like losing the control or feeling like trapped, we begin to see ways around them. No matter we feel how limited our choices are, each day had the potential for exciting new possibilities. And it doesn't have to be exciting anyway. As my favorite philosopher Bertrand Russell says, a generation that cannot endure boredom will be a generation of little men, of men unduly divorced from the slow processes of nature, of men in whom every vital impulse slowly withers, as though they were cut flowers in a vase. I can happily say that I learned to enjoy the beauty of life, animals, flowers, sea, importance of being alive and healthy, and the slow pace of nature. I feel like an extension of universe actually, and in this state of bliss, it's impossible to make any further wishes. But you, the most perfect representative of city girls, even you spent more time by the sea this year, didn't you? <laughs> yes, who knows, perhaps our taste change as we grow, just like our resolutions. <laughs> maybe not, maybe you changed due to the bad influences like me. <laughs> yes, or maybe it is just part of growing up. At one point, you decide that you have had enough parties and meetings, made enough small talk and called enough shots and been in enough networks. And then finally you decide that a big ego and a big social agenda are far too heavy to carry and you rethink your priorities. But I don't think everybody is lucky enough to go through enlightenment and change their priorities, despite the shocking changes in 2020. Many remain stuck in this image-conscious world with the hope of more likes and more approval until late ages. But like all paths, everyone has his or her own pace, right? When you told me you were settling in Cheshbe six years ago, I was sure you would return because you, like me, were the quintessential big city girl 
not to mention a workaholic. <laughs> Definitely. Previously, I was a high flyer or rather a hamster almost running myself to death. Even if Buddha himself had come and advised me to move to Cheshme for a peaceful life surrounded with cats and dogs, I would laugh at him. Even a years-long psychotherapy with Freud wouldn't change me a bit. As the most citable Nietzsche says, no one can build you the bridge on the river of life for you. Everybody must cross that river in her own way, in her own time. Oh yes, and doesn't that misogynist say, don't ask where the bridge leads to, just walk? <laughs> yes, it is similar to the writing on the plate on your living room's wall, isn't it? As far as I remember, it said, life isn't about discovery, it's about creating yourself. <laughs> yes, but then, now that we are throwing quotes at each other and to our listeners, there's a quote in Samuel Johnson's Devil Dictionary, which says that a self-created man can be a horrible example of unskilled labor. <laughs> oh, Nazlan, of course, skills in life are gained through disciplined effort and time, and having more skills at least enhances our freedom to choose and to do things we are happy to do. That is in fact why we need to use time wisely. It is far too precious to waste on routines and obligations, but it must be reserved for meaningful enrichment. As time goes fast, perhaps if we have to have a resolution, we need to make sure that they are of real value, like love, wisdom, inspiration, Things that are in some ways about extending the boundaries of the self. Okay, but if you will still stick to your no-resolution policy, I will make one resolution for both of us. Many, many good conversations. And podcasts, then. Health. Both mental and COVID-wise. <laughs> and may our troubles be as short-lived as New Year resolutions. Okay, okay, just before we go, for the sake of the good old serious years, here is my guerrilla wish. I wish more laughter this year. Just like the great Dorothy Parker, who wished for laughter and hope and a sock in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think